ladies and gentlemen, 2021, welcome. We wish to welcome you to the first episode of season two, Dose of Shock Treatment with Mel and Marty. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to 2021, and uh, welcome back. I hope you, uh, you're not getting withdrawals from not having your treatment over the last uh, month or so. Mad Mel, how you doing over there? I'm doing well, just relaxing and regrouping, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, 2020 was something to regroup from. Seriously. You know I mean? How's so far so good with 2021 or what are you thinking? How's it going for you over there? Um, It can't be. It's not bad. So that's a good thing. That is a good deal. That's a good deal. So far, so far, so good. I agree. I agree. I, so far, 2021 has been pretty good for me so far, I will say. Yeah, there's no so, complaints yet, so we're good. You know, unfortunately, the horror community did take a loss recently, uh, a little under a week ago, I think. I feel like it is uh, just date. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, for all you folks out there, you know, Day of the Dead fans, you guys out there who really dig uh, the Steel character, you know what I mean? As we all do, you know, who doesn't? Our pal, you know what I mean? I was lucky enough to meet this gentleman um, in the Rock and Shock days, you know, Mr. Gary Clark. You know, very, it was sad, rest in peace, uh, passed away recently. Um, yeah, he's one, of the, he's one of those characters in the movie you hate, but you love at the same time. Yeah, there was a lot of the, and, and Day of the Dead, of course, you know, uh, we're under roads, you know, great Joe Pilato uh, also passed, you know, a couple years back. Um, but Steel was the you know, Day of the Dead. He was one of the army guys, one who went bang, bang, you're dead. Yeah. Um, when he wanted her to, him to kill the girl. Yeah. Um, looks like a gentleman that might have in high school played a little football as well as in the theater group. You know what I mean? Big stocky guy, good guy. <laughs> like a John Goodman. He almost had a John Goodman like uh, vibe to him. Um, good guy. Very friendly. Like I said, we, I got, I got a chance to meet him at the, 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 the late rock and shock years ago. Um, very cool guy. Got a nice autograph on my day of the dead mini poster, which was very nice. Um, you know, George A. later would sign that in, in a Rock and Shock event. Rest in peace to him as well. Um, it's kind of that, sad. That's kind of like a, a cursed mini poster now. Wow. Everybody on it's almost all dead that's autographed it so far. <laughs> no, no, no. I got quite a few on there. No, they're all, they're all going. Terry, we got on there. We just got, got Terry last, last year, two years ago, I think it was, when we at the uh, Dead of Autumn. Uh, horror horror film festival thing. That was good times. Yeah, Terry Alexander was in the house with uh, The Last Call, I believe, promoting the flick with Marcus Slabline. I believe is the appropriate pronunciation of that last name, but I could be wrong. Ooh. Pal of the show, pal of the show, beyond in the future. Um, yeah, so Day of the Dead took another hit, you know what I mean? But it continues onward and upward, you know what I mean? Yep, definitely part but of history. It's kind of sad, you know, the unfortunate part, you know, getting older is so so unfortunate for so many reasons, you know what I mean? This is just another one of them. Uh, the good folks that you, you, you can appreciate, uh, Gonzo, 
You know what I mean? Yep. I guess, like we said before, you know, conventions every time, every now and then when you bump into those people that those horror people at conventions that are kind of, you know, whether they're having a bad day, it's not their fault, or maybe they're just kind of a dingleberry in general. You know, you, you bump into those folks and they kind of make you sour you a little bit to the whole con game. You know what I mean? It puts the con game in the con game, actually. But it's not Gary, that so much the cons that, you know, they give them the bad names too, but yeah. just their attitude, it makes you have a bad taste in your mouth for that specific individual. Gary, Gary was a great dude, great guy. I even, I think he even gave me the old one-armed hug, I, I, if I remember correctly, which I could always appreciate. That side hug. I got a picture with him, you know what I mean? I got to dig it out. You know, technology being what it is, you know, everybody keeps their pictures on, on, on hard drives and such like that. Like, each phone that I had throughout, each era of my life can be probably accumulated in cell phone cell pictures. Phone. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like chunks of life where you go, well, we're, I wonder what I was doing in that chunk of my life. And they just think of whatever phone you were using at the time. And then you just open up that phone in the pictures and take a trip down memory lane type situation. But very sad. Rest in peace to Gary. Good guy. Um, community lost a good guy. You know, that's what I was trying to go for earlier. It's like he was one of those dudes that created a great experience when you met yeah. him. You know what I mean? Very I genuine, know, very humble. I know hundreds of people that had great stories to tell about him. And, uh, you know, he'll be missed. We'll see him again one day. You know what I mean? Yep. And then that'll... and. If- if we see him prior to that, it'll be an episode of Mostly Ghostly. Mostly Ghostly. Check out Mostly Ghostly, folks. So today's episode, Mad Mel, you know, it's kind of becoming a tradition. Uh, we're making a tradition today, this moment, when we do it for the second time, making it a yearly tradition. We will be opening up a season with our most talked about horror films of fill in the blank on the year this year will be 2020 a tough year for horror a tough year for humanity in general general yeah 2020 wasn't exactly the best time actually we could be living our you know live horror movie all year long to be more specific way too horrific you know what i mean yeah life is always scarier than horror movies are that's that's the beauty of it you'll notice like the more crazier uh, the times are supposedly the more crazy the horror should be. Right. Uh, unless the times have gotten so crazy that horror can't even keep up with it. You know what I mean? It's not even that way anymore. You have all these groundbreaking horror films that were done, you know, in the past during certain times. It was part, you know, part of the success of those films, I think, is the times that they were unleashed upon the earth to uh, and the effect they had. You know what I mean? Yep. You don't get that anymore. People you know, often said this before, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't really, you can't scare, you can't scare a teenage kid with, you know, getting hacked up in in the woods for having sex when he turns on the news and he sees fellow kids his age getting their head shot off for, uh, I don't know, who who knows what for. Um, We're talking, we ain't talking pyro the pyro we're talking about yeah real life, life real life will desensitize a, a child or an individual more so than a horror movie will so it's so, and then you know with the with the sickness and stuff going around it's weird you know um horror is interesting you know um it's quite a time it, it, now is a time for a lot of uh great horror um and we're gonna look back at 2020 to see if they gave us anything now 
I can't thank the funk too much uh, on this. It, it's very weird because I have no excuse for this. But a lot of these films I did not see. Mad Mel luckily picked up the slack on this one. <laughs> yeah, the true horror fan. Considering I didn't even realize that they were going to end up on a list, I just, you know, out of friggin' boredom. I mean, it takes so long to scroll through a friggin' list of movies now to watch them on streaming services because there's just so many options to watch. Yeah. So the fact that I've seen a vast majority of all these movies is amazing. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's one of those deals, you know, as we all know. So without further ado, I think we should kick it off because when we get into these lists, we We talk forever. We do happen to talk for a very long time. And first up, The Pool, you know. Directed by Ping Lumperlong. That's my good buddy right there. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I did not see this film. Um, did you see this one, Mel? No, this isn't one I saw either. Um, but Shudder has definitely stepped up their game during the pandemic for horror movies. And, like, I don't... There's a difference with the Shudder app if you stream it through... Amazon Prime, or if you actually just get the Shutter app itself, so not all titles are available if you watch Shutter through Prime. I think Shutter has finally made enough money through subscriptions and such that they can acquire some of these like really uh, b- bigger, maybe bigger budgeted horror films that are done nicely. I haven't seen the pool. Um, I took a real rough look at it. Uh, it kind of has the vibe that Crawl had a little bit. Uh, it almost seems like. Maybe it was a little crawl influenced, you know what I mean? The Mahausen brothers, I believe it is. Their local boys wrote crawl. Uh, Alexander Aja, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think Tarantino said it was like his favorite movie of last of I think that was nineteen. But um, yeah, crawl was a fun movie. You know what I mean? I didn't think it was. I don't know if I'd say it was the best movie of the year or whatever, but it was fun. It was campy fun. Yeah, it wasn't, and then like that was a movie too. That like the first time I watched it, I didn't really like it, and then now that I've watched it a couple more times since I initially watched it, it's actually grown on me. It's a great creature feature. Uh, yeah, crawl. Considering how movie. absurd it is, as 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 absurd as it is at times, it's definitely a fun creature feature. Yeah, you got to stretch your imagination. That was the thing. When, when I talked to people and they were having issues with it, I, they couldn't stretch their imagination on it a little bit. You got to kind of give it some leeway. Um, you know, one of my favorite things that I tell people when they, how they got to stretch their, their imagination with that is how you have you know, these alligators and these crocodiles that are going around, you know, throwing around, you know, 300 pound guys, you know what I mean? But then this, this little delicate flower gets like <laughs> barrel rolled with it, grabbing onto her leg and like, she's not mangled. Like it doesn't manage, it, it doesn't kill her, but it's killed everybody else that it came in contact with. There's a certain superpower that you have when you're the hero of a horror movie, you know what yeah. I mean? That other people don't quite have. Yeah. You get to live to the end of the movie. If, if, if that was the paper boy that, you know, just happened to, got, got, you know, was in that situation, the paper boy would have been dead. That would have been Are you kidding me? The whole time I'm watching that seconds. movie, I'm like, the, the whole time, like, please don't eat the dog. Please don't eat the dog. <laughs> they could have felt, yeah, I know. They, it was not, I liked how the, it was tension. They built a little, like, tension with that, which I liked, you know, fun tension. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, no, no, you're not going to kill the dog type deal. I'm like, so. please don't kill the dog. Let her save her dad. And, you know, it's like. 
that was my thing for their whole movie. Like, let her save her dad. Let her don't and let, don't let this alligator or crocodile or whatever the hell it is eat the dog, and we'll be all right. Because it was a couple of times I'm like, oh no, this dog's gonna die. <laughs> I don't care about the family at this point. I'm like, don't eat the dog. Yeah, no, I'm with you. But the the pool was definitely, I think, Thailand's uh, version of crawl. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, a, I, a guy goes into a pool with, without the ladder. He can't get out of the pool, and he's stuck in there with, I believe, the, the crocodile or alligator type situation. Yeah, and his dog. Which is creative. You know, that's one of those things. <clears throat> um, I don't know if anybody's seen a movie called The Battery, a uh, horror movie made a couple years ago. Um, it was made for like five grand or maybe even less. And it was just kind of the woods, zombies, and talented filmmakers, you know what I mean? Uh, Gardner, I think the last name, Jeremy Gardner, maybe? I could be wrong. Um, but, um, you know, they made this for no money. And it's, it's like a well-put-together little horror movie, and it works. Uh, the beauty of it is that it's made for nothing. And that's yeah. kind of what this sounds like it was. We just to kind of take a creative, creative story and kind of make... You know, that a lot of these successful horror films, that's a huge element to it is you kind of got to think of what you can use and then creatively, like the hard part is figuring out the, if you have like an abandoned house, you have that great, you know, you know, set to work on. Yeah, you're just going to figure out a creative way that's never been done before um, you can keep, or, or keep it fresh, at least on a new, a new, a new twist on an old idea. But like creatively do it uh, with what you have. That's how the and you know that's what this sounds like. That was yeah. um, where it was a dude looking at a pool, just like we could make we could shoot a whole movie in this pool. Like you know what I mean? Get creative and you could do it. So yeah, I'm, that's I'm, the beauty of horror because you can think outside the box and you know do stuff like that and still keep it entertaining, even if the whole thing is just shot in that one specific location. Yeah, and I said I support foreign film, so as though. Although I haven't seen the pool, I actually look forward to trying to dip into it this year. You know what I mean? Uh, and and that like could I be said, Shutter and Prime have definitely stepped up their game in the horror movie. They sure have. Because the majority of the movies that are on this list are either on Prime, Shutter, or Video On Demand, which we all know has been very popular this last year. Oh, yeah. So, Mad Mel, what do you, what do you have up on you for, for, for the next film? Um, not with that particular list, but like there's oh. there several, there were several different lists and I kind of tried to, you know, navigate between all of them and, cool. you know, just to make sure that they all have like kind of at least the same titles. But, um, the one I, I actually did see that was really good was the lodge. I didn't, ch- I, I did not see the lodge as well. Like I said, I was sleeping on a lot of horror this year for whatever reason. No, with they, I think, I think like a, with <laughs> with everything else going on this year, um, yeah. most people probably did stay away from the horror genre because it's like too much for them. But because I, I try to no, mix it. I've, I've been trying. Style. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to make my movie selections a little more upbeat. But like in between, I try to I throw in a horror movie. No, I'm with you on that. But the lodge was really good. It was it was nicely shot. Um, you kind of really feel bad for this family. What type of vibe you get from it? It's just, you really feel bad for the family because like the father leaves to go on a business trip and he leaves his two kids with um, like, I guess a girlfriend and she's slightly psychotic. 
delusional, whatnot. And then there's a snowstorm and there's no way for them to leave this lodge and they lose power. So they have no heat. They're running out of food, no transportation to go anywhere. And how, you know, it pretty much you see the, the mother stepmother or soon to be stepmother like deteriorate mentally and the kids trying to stay alive and kind of stay away from her at the same time. Well, yeah. got a little, um, little evil daddy vibe to it. It feels like, did it? Is that not like head, any, or? not really an evil dead vibe because there's nothing haunted, but she's the, the stepmother has mental issues from some kind from a tragedy that, that she underwent as a child and I, whatever reason being in this lodge and being isolated starts to make her relive the situation that she was in. Okay. So it's got, um, Riley Keough. He was from the it films. He was, uh, one of the kids in it, I believe. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone. I like to see that. I like to see her still doing it. You know, seeing her still, you know, hopefully she's still not clueless after all these years. Oh God, that'd be awful. No, she's cool. I seen her in a dramatic film um, a couple years back where she played somebody's mother. She was like a drunk or a drug addict or something like that. And, and I don't think Alicia Silverstone's character, I don't think she had like a really big role in the movie. I tell you, man, you, you go back to the era of The Crush. Like Alicia Silverstone from The Crush is like fucking blow your head off insanely gorgeous type type she's shit. Still, like, I mean, she's, she's still good. I'm just saying like, still, was, yeah. There's certain there's certain women in, in 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 this in the public eye like that that at certain points of their career they held that torch. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're I still timeless that, and like she's still great, and very beautiful. She's considering still great, the first beautiful. role that most people will remember Alicia Silverstone from is Clueless, and then you see her in a movie like The Crush, and yeah. it's like total polar opposite. My goodness, of, you know she was so dark and wicked in The Crush. Oh God! Yeah, I think everybody and then you, was in love with her from the crush. My goodness! And even if not, if in the crush, she, you know, she was in all the Aerosmith had a thing for her back Crazy. in the day. Yep, she was in a couple of their videos, and you know, with Steven yeah. with Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv. Steven Tyler, me and me and Steven Tyler got friction. You know, like me, like Momoa. Uh, <laughs> I seen Steven Tyler in Walmart one day. Have I ever told this story on the treatment? No, yeah. I didn't know about oh, this. This was fun. Thing. This is a good story. So I went, I was going through the wall. It was Christmas time. And over in the South shores of Massachusetts, um, from time to time, you know, there's usual sightings, much like Bigfoot of Steven Tyler. Um, you know, as a kid, I've looking like somebody's grandma and the way he's dressing. Exact the mundo, <laughs> exact the mundo. You know, ever since being a kid, I remember always hearing stories of him popping up in all different types of weird places. You know, um, stories of him, you know, just leaving his yellow Lamborghini running in front of Walmart while he runs in to get last minute Christmas mm-hmm. gifts and stuff. It's usually around the holidays. Walmart's big. Christmas tree shops a huge one because that's him? kind of. That's kind of where it lives. Like the whole band kind of lives on the South Shore of different areas. They're kind of like Aerosmith is kind of like the kings of South Shore, really, when you think of it, because they're local boys. They, they're still here. They never really moved out. And when you really think, I think we've been around it so much, like they're mute. I was a fan as a kid growing up, but being around it so much, you don't really kind of think of the 
when you look as an outsider in the world, like Aerosmith is huge when you think of some of those hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's like he, seeing, like, so seeing a member of Aerosmith on the South Shore, is it, is, yeah, it's, it's not, just, it's not a big deal because it's like Rhode Island being well, Rhode yeah, Island. We get, we, we have our James Woods sightings at Walmart. So <laughs> as much as I love James Woods, I'd have to say Aerosmith has a bigger influence in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean by like, like a global influence, you know what I mean? Um, but long, so, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of folklore around here, you know, you see them come and go, you hear stories and such. So anyways, it was Christmas time and I was going into Wally world and, um, you know, uh, I was exiting, I was coming out, I was leaving and I seen this old lady, like come into the doorway and behind <laughs> and behind her, was this guy with the with the bright red and green beard where like the sides were red and the goatee part was like green and i remember like he caught my eye and i was like very interesting you know because you you know you when you see something like that it catches your eye it's out of the norm you know what i mean so i i didn't even pay attention to the old lady that was with him so you know i'm looking at him and I start to realize, I go, oh, that's not no fucking old lady. That's Steven Tyler. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. So I, I, ba- I turn around and I backtrack because I passed them by this time. And I'm back and going back up towards like the, the, the movie and DVD section, which is usually always at the back of Walmart. So like I'm cruising up there and uh, like I'm getting close to him and there's like a, a group of like girls around him. There's like all these girls around him freaking out and their boyfriends close by, like silently freaking out. And I remember walking up to him and I was going to be a cool customer and just give him like the nod, like the what's up. Yeah. I, and, 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 and at that point, if he was like, Hey, like friendly, I got the friendly vibe. Then I would have stopped and been like, yo, you know what I mean? And try and get a picture, probably been a fanboy type shit. Uh, but I didn't get that vibe. Instead, you know, he, he I got this dead look like I was looking into a fucking zombie's eyes because Mr. Tyler was on the H that evening. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he had some heroin in his system that evening. Um, and, but the dude that I can't really hate on Steven Tyler because he was just too deep into his fun, I guess, uh, to each his own. But the dude that was with him looks at me and he goes, keep dreaming. And like I was walking. So like. And I would have like, started singing. I would have just started apart because I was like, off. yeah, like it blew my mind apart a little bit. Cause like, you know, if you're going to go meet like a celebrity, so to speak, if you're approaching them, I feel like you're kind of thinking about what you're going to say and you're zoning in on them type deal as you close in on the, the situation. And I knew the worst part gonna, is it's somebody that's with him that made the comment. And I know. And I knew it was going to be a quick thing. So I was like, all right. Um, this is going to be quick. So like, you know, be prepared. So like, if you get that split second to say what up, you just, you can just say what up real cool. You know, going to be a jag off. Um, and then if an opportunity opens up, take it. So I wasn't even thinking of this fucking other dude. I'm looking at Steven Tyler and like that dude just happened to say it. So like, like when I was coming across, so like I took my attention off of him, but my feet kept walking and he, like, I'm thinking to myself, like, keep dreaming. Like in my head, I was like, like what, like, what's this dude like talking about? And I wish I did like the dream on thing, right? Like dream on, dream yeah. on. like in his face. I should have grabbed him by the fucking shirt and just like screamed in his face. Dream on. But I probably would have <laughs> got shot. 
You know what I mean? It would have been kind of epic cool. though, just for you to like come back at him with that. Those, those, I do. I went, yeah, like one of like in life, like one of the biggest regrets I have in life is that I didn't just go dream on. But then like those rabid groupies would have attacked me like fucking wolves probably. Like if they thought I was going to kill Steven Tyler, they probably literally would have hopped on my like fucking from dust till dawn, like hopped on my back and like bit my <laughs> neck and shit right. trying to kill me. But um, yeah, I was like, that, 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 that story always uh, uh, affected me, affected me in a negative way. Um, but yes, yeah, to be fair, Steven Tyler wasn't the dingleberry. It was, was the dude. He was with. And the dude, um, he's somebody. I, he, he was like, uh, he was a judge on like one of those like top talent shows on TV. And he's a part of a famous brother family, like a uh, family musical family with him and his brother. Um, and anybody out there that knows anything about, I guess, that that type, that type of music and, you know, the people that Steven Tyler would be hanging with in the beard and shit. Because I seen the dude on a TV show later in life and I was like, no shit, huh? Um, but yeah, so that dude was a fucking gigantic piece of shit, I felt. But you know, as we go along, I tell you, like when we see these celebrities at cons, if they're in a bad mood, they could have just got bad news or tired or whatever. So at the end of the day, the dude who was his handler, who was babysitting Steven Tyler on heroin, probably didn't appreciate the fact that he was fucking babysitting, babysitting Steven, Steven Tyler, Tyler on heroin. So like, yeah. And for all I know, and when I thought about it deeper, like looking at my like I, people say I have like a thuggy appearance sometimes. That dude quite possibly thought I was trying to go fucking give Steven Tyler heroin or something in a handshake or something. Like they're trying to keep Steven Tyler off of heroin. And he's like, I got to go to Walmart to go grocery, to go fucking grocery shopping. He's all that doped up, go grocery shopping. Right. I got to go Christmas shopping. Uh, and then he plans it with his drug dealer. So his drug dealer approaches like a fan and shakes his hand and hands him a bag of heroin. Maybe multiple bags <laughs> of heroin. So oh, I don't know right. where that dude's head was at. So I guess I can't completely say he's a fucking dickhead, but he definitely came off like a dickhead, a dickhead. at first glance for that occasion, for sure. Uh, if first impressions mean everything, as they often do, he came yeah. off as a dickhead. So let's get back into our list. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um We'll go into, so the lodge, I, I definitely think I want to check out. It's got that psychological aspect that I, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, it was actually a really good movie. Um, I don't like to, I don't like to go by uh, what other people say about movies, yeah. you know, because it's, it's usually something that's going to be hit or miss, whether you're going to like it or not. And, you know, a lot of people actually gave positive reviews about this one. And, you know, so I went into it with, you know big aspirations of that you know please don't let this suck <laughs> and it didn't so you know it was well worth the time yes yeah, those psychological more like um classier if you will uh more artistic horror that they've been pumping out in the last couple of years i really appreciate more than kind of the your cheesy horror comedy and even gore flicks that they've been pumping out you know in the vein of a hereditary a lot of the art all the ariaster shit yeah, he's oh, he's amazing. I, I I'm really enjoying his films, and yeah, Jordan Peele's been another one that's been a big, you know, big big one for this that I've been getting more into with the stuff that he's been putting out. Um, what know. was yeah, like you know, I think yeah. he he did redid um, what is it? 
Tales from the Dark Side, I want to say, the series. Uh, uh, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, yes. And, you know, like stuff like that, you know, that's a big thing when you see somebody that's been predominantly known for his comedy switch it up and go to horror. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good time. And I just watched an episode where uh, he was on the Eli Roth's History of Horror. Oh, yeah. He did an episode of that because, like, I've, that was another thing I've been watching throughout the year is, like, a lot of the TV horror series. And that was one. He was on an episode of it talking about how he likes, you know, the horror genre, too, because of the fact that a lot of it is so, like, loosely tied to a lot of things that are going on in the world today. Right. Yeah, I haven't caught the newest season of The History of Horror, which I got to catch up on. Yeah, I, I just finished watching what's out so far. So yeah, it, I don't know what it's it is. been good. I don't know what it was about 2020, man. It was not in a horror mood. Well, you know what I mean? When, 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 well, when real I know, life is much we scarier. It, yeah, real life has been much scarier. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching horror. Just, I can't, not so much newer horror, I should say. You know. You know, horror is one of those deals. I got to kind of either be, I got to get, you got to be in the right mood. I got to be in, I got to be involved some way and what either know the folks to watch it or actually be so intrigued that I go, I got to watch this like that, you know, and even the things that I'm intrigued and say, I got to watch, I still don't get around to, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And like another movie too, that like a lot of people were talking about that they were excited about was the craft, the legacy movie that they did. And that movie was pure garbage. Was it garbage? Garbage. Like, I I watched it once and that was enough for me type of deal. Yeah. Um, everybody was talking about oh, Feruza Balk is in it. Feruza Balk is in it. She's literally in it for thirty seconds in the last five minutes of the movie. And there's a cameo logo at the bottom of the screen the whole time. What the fuck? Yeah, like pretty much because like a lot of people thought she was going to be in it more because like they were trying to keep it under wraps that there was like 30 seconds of her actually in the film. So they had posted, they had posted a picture at one point with the young girl holding a picture of her and nowhere in this entire movie does that ever happen. So it was something that was just made to throw fans off because of people were hoping for that tie in. That's that what that's that that's corporation trickery. Oh, and That's David Duchovny, his, he like must have been really desperate for a role or something. David play. Duchovny's in that? David Duchovny's in it. He's, uh, he's a sorcerer. Well, my, boy, my boy David Duchovny's playing a fucking sorcerer in a movie this day and age. Oh, yep. he's, a, he's, he's the, like the head witch of the Fuck. type of deal. Yeah. So it, it was just, it was just asinine the way they did it. Like they could have made that movie for what the craft was and still is to people. Um, I think a lot of people that are still fans of the craft, most of them have been highly disappointed with this movie just because of the fact that it really was, it was, it was atrocious. The, the acting amongst the the young ladies that, you know, kind of are the revival of the initial movie. It's like, oh my God, like they're, they're horrible actresses like i mean they're yeah granted they're still young but you know it's not it's just not a good movie david duchovny isn't playing god anymore david duchovny is definitely you know he 
he's definitely going to want to be called back to space after watching this. Hey, two big references for for you folks out there that are fans <laughs> of the company. You know what I mean? I dig the company. Uh, next up on the list is a uh, Becoming, a film called Becoming, directed by Omar Nayam of the fi- who directed the Final Cut. I seen the Final Cut. The Final Cut was pretty good. That was a fun movie. Um, you know, I did not see Becoming, but Mad Mel, I believe you seen Becoming, right? No, actually, I haven't seen this one no? yet. I've seen, it, I've seen it on Prime. Jason Patrick is in it of uh, Lost Boys fame. Um, but it's not one I ha- I've seen yet. Now the final girl, the final cut. No, I don't know if I. Uh, I'm thinking the final girl was that like this kind of horror comedy where it lampooned the final girl situation. Like the well, there's a couple of, but the, that's the thing too. Like the final girl, there's that. There's a couple of different versions with the final girl. There's the comedy version, and then there's a a, a title of the final girl that has um another. Uh, Abigail Breslin. I remember the cover was like neon yellow and like almost eighties vibe. It had that eighties vibe. Yeah, the final uh, the, that one I seen. That, that version. Yep, I've seen that one too. That that was the whole point of it. It was supposed to be, you know, that can't be fun. Yeah, the final cut. I'm not familiar with. I mean, I think there's probably like 50 movies with that name. Yeah, I've seen it on I know there's Amazon. I just haven't watched it. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, J- Jason Patrick is in it, you know what I mean? Which uh, you have Lost Boy fans out there. We are talking about Schumacher, the passing of Schumacher a little earlier before the, the mics popped on. But, um, yeah, you got that. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, married couple uh, find out that one of them isn't who they think they are. And, um, you know, the husband is possessed by a demon, you know what I mean? Um, and when you're possessed by a demon, you go, you do terrible, bad things. And, um, supposedly the script's clever. That's what they say. Um, but people like to throw that around a lot nowadays, you know, but I, I, I I don't know. I'd have to look a little deeper into it to get, get a vibe, but you know, I don't know, man. Let me see. I said the fur, the pool, something that I would watch. Yeah, that Thrillist one. Um, Becoming. I don't know. Just the, the vast majority of, like, they have, there's, like, 75 movies on this list. And of the 75, like, the vast majority of them I've never even heard of, never mind seen, until they get into, well, like, the top 20 of that list. A lot could be friends of the writer. That We see a lot of that. That happens a lot. Um, but, yeah, Become... I, I don't know. Maybe becoming. I might. I might. It, might it sounds become like something that might. Becoming. Yeah. It's. It's. It sounds like it would be something that would be interesting to watch. It's just finding. Well, not even so much finding the time. Just being in the right mood to watch it. Yeah. No, I hear you. That's an Amazon Prime deal. What do you got up? What, what do you got next up on that list? Um. Like my list is in no particular order. It's just like I was just writing them down. Yeah, yeah. Try, just to keep kind of keep track of the movies I've watched this year, which is a whole hell of a lot. Right. But one that a lot of people were actually talking about and waiting to come out was Freaky with Vincent, um, Vincent, not Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio or, from like Full Metal Jacket? And- no, Vincent, no, not Vincent D'Onofrio, not him. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. 
I enjoy Vince Vaughn. People hate yeah. on Vaughn. I like Vince. No, I like I like him. He's he. I think he's a good actor. And Freaky was actually really cute. It was like um, it was like another version of Freaky Friday with a murder aspect to it. That's cool. So, yeah. If if you anybody's ever seen Freaky Friday, whether it's the Lindsay Lohan remake or the original Freaky Friday, that's kind of what this was. The it was trap. just yeah. It, this freaky was just that um but instead of switching bodies with her mother she switches bodies with Vince Vaughn whose character is a serial killer I could appreciate that yeah so it was cute you know it wasn't anything that was like super it it's it just you know fun it was fun it they got what they went for they wanted it to be fun they wanted it to be light and it was like nobody gets killed like you know it's not like your usual slasher flick or whatever yeah it's just fun fun horror i'm surprised there was never like a freaky movie where it was the mother and the daughter uh exchange bodies and the daughter was like a stripper or a prostitute like some crazy wild fucking sex yeah, like, oh, what was it? Back in the 80s, there was, a, like, um, vice versa with Judge Reinhold and there was, no, there was, there, yeah, there was vice versa. There was, and then there was another one with uh, Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron, I think it was, where they I love switched. Judge Reinhold. I love Judge Reinhold. No, yeah. He, he always comes off like they just disconnected his brain before, like, before everything he does. I don't know why. But I love Judge Reinhold. No, he's a, and he's somebody I wouldn't mind. I love. Yeah, he's someone I wouldn't mind meeting at a convention because I know I think he's been to Rhode Island Comic Con before, but I, I think that was before I actually started going to Rhode Island Comic Con. Me and him to go back to the thing about when we have different women that have carried the torch. Me and him were both in love with Phoebe Cates at the same time. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anybody, male or female, that hasn't loved Phoebe Cates at some point. My she's goodness. just. My she's goodness. like absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, she's that girl next door that every you know everybody's gonna love. I don't like Kevin Klein to this day because he ruined. He, he I wouldn't say he ruined her, but he took her away from the world. He took her away from the world. <laughs> if uh, if Matt Fisher was a big famous filmmaker, he'd try and bring Phoebe Cates back to uh, back to the world. Yeah, you know. You take, you know, the QT who brings people back should bring back fucking bring her back. I and bet even she now still, she's, you know, I I, I she bet you still she's still adorable. Yeah, oh, everybody sure. would still love her. I'm sure, for sure, for sure. So, um, VFW made the list. Now I know this is going to upset a lot of folks. I did not see VFW. Uh, I haven't I have, seen it yet either. I have owned it for shit. Uh, the last like seven to eight months probably and it isn't it's in my pile of movies to watch um and i am looking forward to seeing it you know joe begos directed it you know i'm a fan of almost human bliss um i'm a fan i'm a fan of his work he's keep i think he was a local dude that kind of moved away and did his thing yeah to, that's I think meta, it's been in my queue for movies to watch forever and yeah again it's just like with movies you have to be in the right mood to watch specific movies and i just haven't been in the mood for that yet yeah he's like the he's like Edgar, robert eggers who did the witch in the lighthouse where i think they were, <laughs> they were local dudes that like moved away to go to school and then came back made a film locally and then, like, 
you know, now they're, they're in a, they're in a different plateau, which is good. You know, they're, they're right on the cusp, I feel of um, almost like a mainstream thing in like an underground. They're like at the peak. I almost feel like they're at the peak of the underground, so to speak, where all it would really take is like one certain successful film. And it would kind of put them into the next category, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but Begos is a dude who's there. And, you know, I appreciate his film. Uh, he's kind of a madman as a person, which I appreciate too. Uh, within like, a, a, you know, how, kind of how like, even the level that he's at is still kind of political and shit like that. You know what I mean? You got to kind yeah. of be, be be careful with what you do. And he's kind of like a, he, he's kind of loose cannon which I appreciate. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, like I said, I haven't seen VFW yet, but I definitely am looking forward to seeing him because I like his older, the old, you know, his, his, his earlier films. I shouldn't yeah. say older. I mean, I don't think they can be any more than five years old, almost human, probably like three or four years old, his first film, I think. But, yeah, VFW is a film I definitely want to check out eventually. He's got Stephen Lang in it, and, of course, to go back to what we were talking about with the first film where you got creative idea, you know, you know, you get, you get um, um, fucking Stephen Lang. Why is this killing me? Don't breathe. Um, like you take a movie like Don't Breathe, where, you know, they had more money, of course. You know, Raimi produced. And there's a sequel um, coming out. Roto, huh? And there's a sequel coming there's out. There's a sequel coming out. You know, it, that's very indie thinking, though. I mean, the, the whole plot of, of Don't Breathe is super indie. You know what I mean? You really just need that house. Uh, and, it, you know, f- super talented filmmaker. Um, I'm a big fan of those dudes. Same guys that did the Evil Dead reboot. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like, how are you going to keep me entertained while you're in a, 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 I'm stuck in a house movie. A lot of it's in the dark and shit. But they're so good at it that... Um, they, it keeps you entertained and even brings a little twist into it that you don't ex- don't see coming. You know what I mean? Yep. It's one of those things where it's, it's almost like Don't Breathe felt like one of those movies where like Sam Raimi sat down and said, this feels like an impossible story to tell and keep interesting from zero to the end of the movie. And he's like, this is your duty to like make it entertaining. And the dude said, okay. And like, it was almost like his job was to make, to kind of make it work. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's, a, well, that, that, that's my take on it. Um, another dude who's real, you know, I think that dude's, the, you know, the future of horror right now as well, like with Ari and shit. Um, but yeah, VFW, definitely uh, on the lookout for that. You know what I mean? What, do you, what, else, what else you got up on your list, Mad Mel? Spell with Omari Hardwick, I think. Okay. Uh, he was, he was, um, He's most known for playing Ghost in the show Power on Stars. Okay. Um, this movie was pretty dope. Um, he's kind of like kidnapped by like this voodoo lady, and it just shows everything that he goes through while he's in this house as like a prisoner. It had it kind of had like a, a misery vibe thrown in with some black magic. Okay. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that vibe. Uh, again, I didn't see this one, but I'm, 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 I'm digging that vibe for sure. I'd have yeah, to check the, it the, out. The, the, the entire time I was watching it, that's all I could think of was misery, just because, like, he's in this, like, attic bedroom. He can't get out of the room. It's locked. She has all the windows, like, locked that he can't get out of 
you know, there's no way for him to escape, but he figures out a way to escape type of deal. Yeah. So that was like, that was one that was uh, surprisingly quite enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I'm with that. Uh, Next up on the list, I got a film called the wretched. Um, and I didn't see these films, but I was get from I was ga- I'm gathering. Uh, I'm picking ones that I gathered I would have interest or want to comment on. You know, yeah, the wretched was one that's on my list of ones I want to watch that I haven't yet. Um, it looked interesting. Um, you know, I know the pictures I've seen ahead with the with the wood, the wood over the face. You know that I've, I've seen the wood in the face uh, a handful of times recently. There's some filmmakers that. <coughs> a movie, I think it was called Plank Face. Um, I forget the filmmaker's name. It's like a husband and wife team, and uh, it escapes me. They'd be good guests, probably. They, they've been they've been doing you know underground flicks for a while. I remember them in the you know the way your head is right now with that hat just like freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> threw me off completely. Mad Mel's wearing this Pennywise hat, like knit hat, and. Um, she was looking down and like, and it, you see like it was staring me dead in the eyes. It was like <laughs> twisting my mind up. But uh, yeah, this wretched film looked interesting. You know what I mean? Um, and, and the setup, they said, and you know, like the setup of the movie, they they're comparing it to Rare Window, Fright Night, and Disturbia with that whole ne- neighbors next door thing. And you know, right. this is like the main reason of why the hell you should mind your business. <laughs> yeah, it's more of that. Yeah, it sounds more like creative, low budget shit. You know. You're going to see a lot more of this. Uh, 2021 will probably have a lot, and probably 2022 will probably have a lot of the creative. You'll, you'll know, you'll see a lot of horror films that are based on either virus shit or a lot of claustrophobic type situations where people are stuck in houses or cars or bedrooms. Somewhere. Yep. You know, fucking walk in freezers, uh, vaults, you know what I mean? Like all types, elevators, all types of, you know, hospital rooms, you know what I mean? All, all yep. types of weird shit that you can kind of shoot in one place. You don't need a whole bunch of people. I think for the next couple of years, we'll be seeing a lot of that minimal, minimal cast and crew location horror. Um, Just because of the fact that with everything that's been going on this whole last year, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people are looking back to looking to get back into filming films, but at the same time, you still got to be cautious because of the fact that, you know, it's still crazy. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure, for sure. The Hunt is another movie that popped up on the list, and I did see that, and that was yeah. really good. I know over the summer, a couple of the drive-ins had like double feature horror movies, and The Hunt was shown, I think, at the Menjin drive-in with something else that was like similar. No, the, the type the, of movie, The Hunt. Yeah, it yeah, has I, um, Hillary Swank from Million no. Dollar Baby. She's like the only person in it that I really recognized. No, was but, it? The- was this a political movie? Wasn't this pushback or something due to politics? Um, it was released March thirteenth of last year. Yeah, it got a lot of it, it was like a so a political thing because um, I want to say that it, it it was it was cut a certain way was get ready to be released something happened and it was so political that they brought it back to the editing room. That's what I heard and like. Day and and then what what we get with the hunt is like what yeah there were a lot of they were yeah because they were like a lot of upper class society folk 
that pretty much were hunting the lower class for fun. Surviving the game type shit. Yeah, surviving the game. It was kind of like the Hunger Games meets Battle Royale, but it's all rich people trying to kill off poor people. Tuesday night. Yeah, but then they got the wrong bitch. They usually (laughs) do. Yeah, so she and she fights back. They caught the monster. Yeah. Like that Nas song. They fuck around and caught the monster. They fucked around and got the wrong one. Well, every you got to run into the wrong one every now and then. Um, yeah. So, did you enjoy it? Did you like it? How I liked it? it. I've I've seen it a couple of times already, and you know, it just grows on me. Did it have a hacky vibe to it, editing wise? Did it feel like something that was kind of all over the place editing, or was it pretty tight? Um, it was it was pretty tight. Um, I, there's no way for them to be all over the way, all over the place editing wise, because the movie was kind of it's in itself all over the place. Well, I mean, do you think there was more movie in there that you could noticeably tell was cut out of it, or did it flow like a regular movie? No, it flowed nicely. It, yeah. it was just the way that you know, because it, it did like a bunch of flashbacks while they were doing things to kind of make things make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that those maybe they maybe they went back and shot the flashbacks or something to make the movie make sense. Yeah, but um, it wasn't bad overall. It wasn't a bad flick to watch. You know, I'll, it's so big that I'll eventually see it. It'll just be on TV eventually. Yeah, I'm uh, sure it'll be sooner rather than later. You know, like unfortunately, this next film actually, I think probably it was won't on be on TV. TV. Huh? <laughs> I actually think it is on TV already. Yeah, it's like a big mainstream Hollywood horror movie. Unfortunately, yeah. like like my net the, the the film that I have up next that I didn't see but look forward to seeing uh, after midnight. You know, Cash got Jeremy Gardner uh, uh, directing. You know, uh, Christian Stella. Christian Stella. Um, you know that that Jeremy Gardner dude's the dude I brought up earlier with the battery movie where they made that um, for like no money and it was entertaining. Yep. You know, and I've uh, this one, I just off of how good I thought that was with what they did. I've, I'm, I'm intrigued enough to see this. Like that, that's why that would make my list of something I'm looking forward to seeing that was released in 2020. Um, and it came out to some good reception, you know what I mean? Early 2020 is when it came out, um, you know, it's, yeah, it, I'm, I'm trying know. to figure out because it's like, it says to, it's on Canopy, and I have no idea what Canopy is. Yeah, it's, I'm not familiar with Canopy either. Uh, if it's on, if it's on that, it's probably you could probably find it somewhere online. You know what I mean? But yeah, I would say it's something I, I didn't see, but I'm looking forward to. I will. Yeah, it actually sounds like just from reading the synopsis on it, it sounds like it would be decent to watch. And the dude's talented. I I I, I don't know if. I'm pretty sure that there was a there was a co-director and co-writer on the battery film. Christian uh, Stella. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, and I, it, and I, it's a, it's, it says. And I feel Gunner bad. Uh, I feel bad that I don't know for sure, but because I know you know with teams like that you want to give appropriate credit to both. You know what I mean? And I think it probably is. And uh, the battery was so good, like I said, that I look forward to seeing this. They're kind of like a cool team you know, to keep an eye out for. Yep. What you got up next on that big old list of 2020 um, horror film. We summon the darkness with Alexander Daddario, Johnny Knoxville, Amy Forsythe, and Mae Hassan, Hassan or something like that. It's directed by Mark My- Mayers from my friend Dahmer. Okay. Yeah. I-, I wanted to check out my friend Dahmer actually. And this is available on Netflix. Um, 
it's a fun movie just because I, I and I have this I have a girl crush on Alexandra Daddario, so I'll pretty much watch anything that has her in it. Yeah. But like these three young girls go out to this concert and then they meet this group of guys. So it turns out then there's like a they go back to this mansion and you at first think they're breaking into the mansion and then it turns out that it's actually somebody it's one of the girls like father's house who's like this big televangelist type guy and they you know yeah it ends up being like a cult type movie with lots of blood <laughs> lots of blood spilled at the by the end of the movie. It was fun. It's good. Johnny, it's just Johnny Knoxville playing like a priest type, or you know, a televangelist is hysterical in his That's own. That's good mind. for him, yeah. Yeah. So, or even just to be in a horror movie because you know, even if it's a horror comedy type, I yeah, I always appreciate Knoxville. You know what I mean? And he's a dude that I feel like could do anything. I could see him pop up in dramatic films, horror movies, comedies. You know, I can see him really doing anything. Yeah, he's. I I think he's a lot more talented than he tends to let on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that for Shizzle. Um, the next film, another Joe Begos film that came out. I guess he's been killing it this year, knocking it out of the fucking park. Um, Bliss, right? Haven't seen it, but uh, I does want to see it. You know what I mean? You know, it's a movie about a kind of street drug that kind of, you know, fucks people up. I don't want to go too crazy, you know, make people into bloodthirsty maniacs and shit. And, you know, you know how that would go. Yep. You know, Joe's films are usually pretty like, uh, they got like a, you know, fast paced edginess to them. You know what I mean? Uh, almost human at times, but I think the other films probably have more of a steady, fast paced, you know, uh, intensity to them, which is good. A lot of gore, uh, you know, a lot of fanfare that I think fans dig. You know, like I think, I, like I said before, I think Joe's one of those dudes that, you know, on the cusp where, you know, he'll definitely be around for a while, making flicks and have an audience that that'll support him um, for sure. I think he's one of those big. I think he's one of the bigger underground dudes. You know what I mean? Doing it. Yep. And then I saw Underwater, which was a really good movie. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could. I'm, I'm, I guess you could kind of compare it to like a Leviathan, yeah, I'd say so. type I, of movie. Yeah, I caught direct, that. Directed by William Eubank, it had a great cast of people in it: um, Christian wow. Stewart, T.J. Miller, Vincent Cassell. I mean, I. I it was well put together for what it was. Um, I wish I wish they had shown more of the creature. Yeah. But, you know, they left it open for a sequel at some point, you know, to bring the monster back, you know. Yeah. Go, I, you know, they're going to make it somehow where, you know, somebody's going to go back looking for what, you know, spoiler alert, killed this entire crew of people. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good times. I've seen it. You know what I mean, um, and I thought it was—I thought it, you know—I thought it was a good time. What was your favorite part of it? You know what I mean. I, regularly, I don't. Regularly, I'm not a Kristen Stewart fan. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, no, know. I'm not either. Um, I, I'll be not honest. Totally. With, when I heard she was in it, I was like, I don't know. It was, that don't was kind of that was kind of what was 
judging my was judging my if I was going to watch it or not because she's a hard one to digest (laughs) because like she 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 really does doesn't have any emotion while she acts it's like constant resting bitch face no matter what role she's in so but in this the resting bitch face worked for her it worked for you know like the fact I'm, I'm a sucker for creature feature and like natural disaster movies you know what i mean so like i, I was really torn whether i should see it and luckily my local theater it, it played off well Tuesdays, yeah and um so I, I got i got to see it cheap and it was i thought it was really it was done really well you know the ending of course it has it has a little you know the cthulhu tie-in yep um spoiler alert but uh, i thought it was fun you know i thought it was really cool and um yeah i thought it was i was a little surprised at how good it was actually to tell you the truth yeah you know because I mean? like you know it's like it's one of those other movies like when it's it was hyped up so much prior to its being released that you know usually when a movie is hyped as much as this one was it's usually a sure sign that it's going to be pure garbage and this one wasn't Cthulhu, you know, ties into that whole know. HP Lovecraft, which yeah, the- brings us to another movie that we watched this. I've watched this year. I know you've seen it. Is Color Out of Space? Color Out of Space, yeah. Which I think was the year before, but they got it down. They got it. They were. I think it was there. released. At, at it was that definitely point released was like right on the line. Yeah, great movie. You know, the great Richard Stanley, great guy, pal of the show, pal of the show. Yeah. Might have um, to watch out for him this coming season. Oh, maybe. We'll see how it goes. Maybe. Yep. Maybe a little, maybe. Maybe a little Richard Stanley. Pepper That'd be awesome. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what we can do for the folks, for the patients out there. But yeah, Colorado Space was a great flick. I know we talked about that. I've um, watched past. it several times. Yeah. And with each viewing of this movie, I love it more and more. It's just, it's just done so well. And like, it's, it's really a mesmerizing movie as fucked up as it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very entertaining, a lot of style, you know what I mean? Uh, it's one of those deals, you know, where it was like a, I kind of say the same thing with like Don Coscarelli when he made John dies at the end that like, these are, you know, he's a filmmaker that, you know, um, Richard Stanley and Don Cascarelli is actually too, they they they, they kind of are in a league. You know, they're they're kind of good to compare in a way because they're both. You know, they were kind of the late eighties, nineties were making. You know, uh, the, some of the films that they're 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 they kind of put them on the map. Um, but like they make a movie nowadays, and it well, you could it it's not dated. Usually, you watch a movie. You know, I don't want to throw directors' names out there, but there's some directors from the past that have made movies that I love that have made movies more recently, and they look very dated and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, almost like it's like a t- you're you're watching a movie from a t- it's, and it's like a time warp taking you back to their original. Which is weird because the fans claim that's what they want, but then they they these those films they, are they deliver what the fans want. Like, yeah, like. Those films are treated even worse than remakes when they when they when they're released. You know what I mean? But claims, you know, fans claim that's what they want. Yep. Um, but yeah, those two dudes, uh, you know, their modern films are very with the times and fast paced, and you know, the editing's all there and stuff. And and over the last year, I I've definitely become like a bigger fan of H.P. Lovecraft. So 
for sure. He's a local anything. Boy. Yeah, he's a local boy for me too. So I've been doing a lot of research into him and, you know, trying to read up more on like his books and whatnot, because some of the books like I read as a kid and, you know, it's one of those deals where you put it aside until it gets thrown back in your face again. Yeah. You know, because like growing up, I was I used to love to read like Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft and, you know, L. Ron Hubbard type stuff. And you get older and your your taste and things change. So it was put True. they were they were all shelved for a while and yeah. you know, the last year right back on the H.P. Lovecraft kick. H.P. Lovecraft's the man. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I watched the entire series of you know, the show Lovecraft Country that, that HBO put out. Really well done show. Yeah, it's quite possible that around his birthday this year, maybe we might do a little special episode for him. I would love to do that. That'd be a dope maybe ass. We might, talk, maybe we might talk about some, you know, some of our favorite Lovecraftian adapted films or something. And it's amazing how many films of his were adapted you well, like how many of his books were adapted into films, I, I should say. I wonder what Stephen King... I'd love to hear Stephen King's opinion of him, and I'm sure it's all good things, but I'd love... we got to get Stephen King on the show. That'd be legendary. That'd be that. awesome. I, or his son, even now that his son's... Joe Hill? Son. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I, read, I just read uh, Heart Shaped Box, uh, recommended by James Lamond. Uh, it was a good time. I'm looking to read more Joe Hill. Yeah, um, I watched the show he did on a. Uh, he did a show on, that was out on um, HBO as well, The Outsider. Lock and Key or something. He did that Lock and Key one too, I think, or something like that. I haven't seen that one yet, but The Outsider was actually a really good show too, and I think that's kind of loosely based on an HP Lovecraft thing too. Yeah, I'm getting. I, I got HBO, the HBO Max now, so I'm gonna watch The Outsider. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's how I got finally caught up on like Lovecraft Country and finally watched it. That's yeah. Lovecraft Country is one of the things I want to dip into too, which is you know a show, the, a twenty twenty show that was a big deal. And yeah, horror. I've never seen it, but I know you like it. There's one that just started too that looks really good. That's on there. That thirty coins from yeah. That looks really good. Um, I started watching it the other day, and like I'm really bad with the fact that I'll put something on and it. I don't usually sit and watch everything. It's more background noise while I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. So I put that on, I put 30 coins on and then I realized it had all subtitles because it's in like Spanish. Uh, so I'm like, oh, so this is what I'm going to actually have to watch so that I know what the hell is going on. Yeah. I'm currently watching uh, Heaven's Gate, The Cult of Cults, which I support. That one I haven't seen. I think it's new. I think it popped up in the last week or so. Um, it's a little like a mini series doc on, you know, the Heaven's Gate ordeal of the of the mid 90s for anybody out there for any uh i I wonder what our our audience is i feel like it's older folks a little bit but for any teenagers out there um heaven's heaven's gate uh was a big uh propaganda machine for nike shoes (laughs) (laughs) i don't know heaven's gate was a cult they wore they wore nike shoes and drank kool-aid and took naps that lasted forever yeah, because of drinking the Kool Aid. They, they thought they were getting. They thought they were going. They were going to be jumping on a comet that was passing by the Earth, uh, and they believed in like an alien god. You know, some of the, the, those cult things are so interesting. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah. You know, 
the, the places they go uh, and the things they believe is uh, very interesting. But um, so we'll jump back into our list real quick. Here. I know uh, there's one that I think you would dig just because of the fact that you like um, Clive Barker was Books of Blood. Oh, did they reboot that? Is that what that was? Um, they made it. Yeah, it was put out on Hulu. Um, I want to say like maybe four or five months back. Because there was a movie in like 2003, 2002-ish that books of Clive Barker's Books of Blood that was made as well. And I, yeah, they, they redid it. Or it's a TV show, you said? It, it, yeah, well, not really a TV show. It was a movie put out on Hulu. It's an okay. anthology. Like, there's like a few different stories, but it all ties in at the end. And it actually was a good watch. Like, I actually watched it from beginning to end without playing on my phone or doing anything else. So... When I think of books, I own it. When I think of books of blood, the thing that pops in my head is uh, Clive Barker opens the book up with a quote that I said. I think the quote goes, we're all open books. What is it? We're all books. Wherever we're open, we're red. It's a play on, it's a play on like red, the color and red on reading. Yeah. So like, I always thought that was, an, like that, that was the first time that I seen that. The first time I seen that, I was like, oh. It looks nice. That's a, got a nice ring to it. I probably murdered it, but go buy the Books of Blood book. Support Clive Barker, the king. Only three horror movies directed. A lot of books. Um, we're going to get him on the show one day, hopefully. Ask him why he only did three movies. Yeah, that'd be kind of dope. Probably because he doesn't want to deal with the system. I still want to go to that convention that he's going to be at in New Jersey. Maybe we'll set it up. Maybe we'll go in. We'll cruise in. We'll have a good time. Quarantine for 15 days. Oh, it's only seven now. Maybe by then it'll be five. <laughs> or less. Um, on my list, I had a film that I didn't see again, but it looks very good uh, from Indonesia. You know, I like I love the I like to support the foreign horror. Um, I usually think foreign horror is, is usually slightly better than American horror. I, th- I feel like I, yeah, I they're, they're a little made at home in America, but I feel like I really like what other countries do with it because you can you can t- see the influence, but they have their own swing on things. And the great part too is like is their ratings system is different over there, so they get away with shit that we can't get away with here. That's true. I mean, they all, it's different cultures have different beliefs and things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so and whatever whatever vibes with their beliefs is okay. Whatever doesn't is not so okay. You know what I mean? But um, this one uh, from director Timo Tajahanto, uh, director of The Night Comes for Us, which is another great name. This move, this one is called May the Devil Take You Too. Um, the imagery that I've seen with this is phenomenal looking, horrifying, makes me want to watch it and be scared. Um, you know, they really tap it. They, some of those foreign films, I think, tap a little deeper. I don't know how they do it, but I feel like they can tap a little deeper into some of the obscure, like, um, vibes, like weird feels, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what it is, but they usually kind of hit home pretty heavy with it. Um, yeah, you just have to be with the foreign films. You just have to be one of those people that doesn't mind subtitles because that's what's going to usually happen when you watch a foreign film is it's going to be subtitles galore. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of an evil deadish, evil deadish vibe. Um, you know what I mean? Um, you know, there, there, there's a, a girl that's, you know, she's got to battle off with some demons, some ravenous demons after she's abducted by a gang of desperate orphans. Now, right away, I'll tell you right now, in American cinema, 
You are not going to see demon orphans. That's too dark for American cinema. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's realistic. It's, it's like, something people can't wrap their minds around. Well, you I know, mean, they can. It's one of those, there's so many orphans now because, so, you know what I mean? Well, let me, let me rephrase that. There's, there's, there's always, but there, uh, I think that the issue with fathers not being in kids' lives is so close to the orphan thing and so prominent in culture right now in America that they wouldn't put that swing on in that negative direction. But yeah. In reality, they will do it, and it's more realistic because who would, you know, what what kids would be accessible to a demon? You know, kids that are sad looking for something to belong to what what kids you know kids with no families would would you know like they dive deeper into the darker realities i think with the foreign horror yeah which is more like that and i don't think you would see american horror would just say okay there's these kids that are possessed by demons they wouldn't go as deep to say okay it's these kids that are sadder than other kids that are becoming you know are, are the problem are, are the you know, are the ones ones that are falling victim to the prey to these demons and shit. You know what I mean? It's dark, dark. Um, and yeah, don't worry, America can get, can get just as dark as the rest of them, baby. Don't you think for a second America can't get dark? You know, what I, I think mean? I, I think people have been but, able to see that over you know the things that have transpired over the past week. <laughs> oh, it'll be all right. Everything will be all right. It's one of those things. You know, we roll as humanity. We roll with the punches. We have good days. We have bad days. Like anybody else, except, the, you know, just the, you got the people that are, you know, not helping make this country look like a complete joke. Don't worry till we're in the end of days. That's when you got to worry. Kind of feels like it's going in that direction. It could be, you know, well, it's one of, I'm kind of hoping the end of days isn't something, isn't a slow watch. You know I mean? You got right now is kind of a. Yeah. I don't want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger's my dude. He's gonna be on the show too. <laughs> We're having Schwarzenegger's both his kids on the show. We're gonna talk about um, the, the Danny DeVito Tales from the Crypt episode where he plays the twins. We're gonna have the Schwarzenegger twins. <laughs> um, because they should know Danny DeVito. He worked with their father and twins. Yep. See, we bring it all. We wrap it all the way around again. Uh, May the devil take you too. I would never wish that on anybody. But the film sounds horrifying and looks scary. So I would say that's something I would probably want to dip into. You know what I mean? How about you? What do you got up on your list over there, girl? Uh, Fantasy Island was a fun movie. Um, I like that they made it so dark compared to the 80s. You know, what was that? Like late, late 70s when Fantasy Island was on TV. You know, it was a fun show. You know, it was lighthearted, whatever. And then the the movie version that came out this past year, it just made it like totally dark. Took it to a dark place. So it was cool. You liked it? Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I I wasn't, you know, I'm not always a big fan of Blumhouse. Right, right. You you know Anthony Thurber. Yeah, Anthony Thurber is definitely not a Blumhouse fan. But I got to say, I got to admit, the Blumhouse movies that I've seen this past year have actually been worth watching. And yeah. Fantasy Island was one of the ones that were actually worth the watch. Yeah. I'll, the trailer looked interesting. You know what I mean? I actually, I actually got Fantasy Island now. I have a hard copy of it because it was in my haul from the contest I won from the 508 productions from the seven days of Paxmas. Yeah. So like now I have like an actual physical copy of it, which is cool. 
Yeah, I don't know, but the Bloom, like we said before, you know, definitely... Bloom House is definitely a hit or miss with their horror movies. Might have been, they, they're, they've become a little, you know, a little more political than I'd like them to be in the last couple of years, and I understand they have to go that way because they are kind of the almost forefront company making horror in the mainstream, so to speak. Yep. Um, even though A24 is better and does the same deal they're more artistic horror movie like a24 i feel like those those that company is not afraid not afraid afraid to to make a movie about demons possessing kids in an orphanage you know what i mean or throwing people off of cliffs yeah but blue mouse wouldn't (laughs) be down with that you know yeah don't get down with the bloom he says fuck the bloom he wants to put the bloom in a tomb he says He's finished. He's done with them. He's done with them. I know that Black Christmas reboot really fucking hurt them because a lot of people were that was over that. Yeah, that movie's garbage. I um, I actually watched it. I've watched it a couple of times, like just to give it the benefit of the doubt. And you know, I hated it even more the second time around than I did the first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people were shitting on that, and yeah, that's kind of where the the whole you know part of the whole political deal. I guess it was like. I mean, it was kind of. I mean, it had already. You would. They had already remade Black Christmas in like what was it, two thousand six or seven. Yeah. And that one wasn't that bad. No, that one was. That was decent. So you're figuring like, all right, if you're going to restylize a movie, you know, make it worth the watch or make it better than the already made reboot of it. Yeah. And it, it was, it was complete garbage and it's sad because it's a great movie to have such a horrible remake made of it. Yeah. Like people had said it sucked and I didn't, I, and I'm like, Oh, well I'm going to watch it anyways, you know? So that at least that way, when I say it sucks, I can say it with, you know, pure feelings of hatred and yeah it sucked <laughs> I hear you. i'm with you i'm with you we got a movie called sea fever on the list which sounds very interesting i feel like it's cabin fever in a boat there's supposedly some parasite that's coming to get them but i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say the whole things that are going on in our head and not real yeah probably um, that's my take on that one um Come Play is a movie I saw. Um, not really that memorable of a movie. Yeah. Um, Come to be honest, and I actually paid attention to it, and it came out within the past year. The little boy is seeing things. Okay. You know, very, very common thing. Yeah, imaginary friend type deal that, you know... That's kind of cool. Come play with about an uh, like a, an evil imaginary friend called Come Play. I I can enjoy. I can appreciate the setup of that movie already, at least. Yeah, it, it's just the follow through. The follow through wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the times, the setup's great because all they care about is getting that green light. So all they really care, the main thing is the setup, and then you know it is what it is after the fact. But it's one of those deals, you know what I mean. Um, we got this movie called Don't Listen, uh, Spanish. It's on Netflix. Uh, Angel Gomez Hernandez. Um, you know, I think there's a couple dealing with a tragedy. Um, I'll give Netflix credit. They're trying to step up their game when it comes to the horror films because prior to this year, their horror selection was pretty much non-existent. Um, everything on Netflix horror-wise has predominantly been movies that I own 
Yeah. Or, you know, I've already seen a, a million and a half times. So it's like, I don't need Netflix to watch horror movies because I already own everything that's on there horror wise. But right. there's some movies point, yeah. like, what is it? Ha- that one that's hashtag alive, uh, which is oh, on the list. And that's a foreign, a foreign horror that's on Netflix right now. And that's supposed to be one that's really good. It's got that whole vibe. It's kind of like, um, to me, it looks like a, a cross between 28 days meets resident evil hmm. because the kid is like the lone survivor and he's trapped in a, an apartment building and it's, you know, trying running out of food and running and running out of pretty much running out of time to get to a safer location. Yeah. So it actually it's something that I actually at some point will check out just because of the fact that I, I actually liked 28 Days when that movie came out. Of course. 28 Days or 28 Days Later? Uh, twenty. I think it was 28 Days, the first one, where they actually had the kid is like in an apartment or going to an apartment building. Um, in, it, uh, in an apartment at one point in it. Is it 28 Days like a, a romantic comedy or something like that? Twenty-eight. Well, oh yeah, you're right. All right, so it's twenty-eight days later. Yeah, it's twenty-eight. And then it's twenty-eight days. It's twenty-eight weeks. Weeks later. Think, yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's twenty-eight days later. Yeah, it's got that whole vibe That's to cool. it. Yeah, right. And the Resident Evil films, they were were kind of. I, they always. I thought they always had the same kind of vibe. Myself, I agree with you. Yeah. And that's coming out. That's got a reboot coming out this year. Of course, of course, it does. I needed one. Resident Evil, they could do Resident Evil COVID, you know, when they were like, fuck, another vi- virus is scaring people. We need more Resident Evil movies. Yeah, right. Seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me because, like, since this whole COVID situation started, that's what I've been thinking of is the Umbrella Corporation releasing the virus. Yeah. It's true. Um, uh, next up on my list, uh, Come to Daddy, the Elijah Wood vehicle, you know what I mean? Starring Elijah Wood. Um, Stephen McCaddy's in there, I believe, and Garfield Wilson. And I by- really, really like Elijah Wood in horror movies. Uh, Elijah Wood's kind of killing it in horror. I guess he's always been a horror fan. I guess you know his 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 uh, production company is responsible for like Colorado Space, Mandy, a lot of cool shit that's been popping off lately. So um, you know, Maniac he was in. Um, it's cool. You know, he's kind of killing it i'd say as a producer in horror right now because he's what it seems like he's almost going around and yeah he's like perfect for it yeah he's forming these like it's kind of ideal because he's forming these cool pro as a producer he's forming these cool projects with filmmakers you know and and getting them the appropriate money to make you know uh the film they need to make and he's like uh, in certain cases he's acting in them so it's good for him um, like in this situation, we've come to daddy and it was like a really weird out there kind of horror film. Um, what you would expect from Aunt Timpson there. Uh, yeah, I haven't the, seen this one yet. So that's yeah, yeah, the, on my niche I, of view list. I won't, yeah, I won't, I won't spoil anything, but it's definitely uh, a good watch. And I was surprised when I found out that it was directed by the dude that did the Greasy Strangler. Because the Greasy Strangler, a uh, movie that I did stumble into in 2020, and is worth every little bit of praise that it gets. It deserves because it was great. Um, you know, it's, it's such a flip from that movie. This movie, yep. Come to Daddy, was such a flip to that, which I've often said before how much I appreciate filmmakers that can kind of almost reinvent themselves, if you will, with new genres. And uh, yeah, like you could watch Come to Daddy and 
Greasy Strangler back to back. And I don't think you would be able to tell it was the same filmmaker. Which, which is awesome too. Because, which is kind of cool. Cause it's, yeah. it's a style. He knows that there's, you know, I, I can appreciate when you can tell and I can appreciate when you can't because, you know, there, there's styles and vibes and you know, trademarks and such. Um, but I didn't find out that that dude directed it till after it. So if I, if I rewatched it with knowing that he directed it, I, I'm sure I could probably find some tie-ins, you know what I mean? Yeah. It has that quirky, you know, the parts that have comedy to it has that kind of quirky comedy with it. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it was, a uh, you know, I, I, I really liked come to daddy and it was one of the films that I was able to actually catch. Um, and that was on Amazon prime. That's why I could catch that. Cause I was sick. I remember just looking for something to watch one night and I said, all right, I seen promo for this. Let's, let's check it out, dude. And I was pleasantly surprised. So check it out. If you haven't seen it, Mad Mel, which you haven't seen it, which I haven't. So I hope that'll probably be on my, li- that's now on my list of movies to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Having, you'll dig it. having, having a list is easier because you know, it's, it beats, you know, just going through every movie that's on a streaming site for like an hour before we finally decide on watching something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think you'll dig that. I think it, I know that I know a movie that I have watched and we've talked about on the show and I even won a contest for it was the special from Harrison's Harrison Smith that did. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, death house that and show friends sarah french is in this and that was a good that was a good flick i don't know have you been able to catch it yet i haven't been able to catch it but i do want to see it i know you gave it gigantic praise on yeah i actually really enjoyed it just because it was something different yeah yeah it, it took that whole jimmy fallon dick in a box oh shit uh thing to a whole new level damn Wow. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you definitely need to see it. It's it's definitely worth a watch just because of that whole angle. They said when Jimmy Fallon dies, he'll be a dick in a box. <laughs> um, next up, I have Anything for Jackson, which I haven't seen, but it, it seemed very interesting. I was interested by the plot of it. You know, a pregnant woman's abducted by a crazy uh older couple that are trying to like resurrect their dead kid you know what i mean yeah there's there's been other movies that are kind of similar on that front that i've heard of made up in the past kind of has like the like rosemary's baby type vibe to it too yeah this had kind of like a culty vibe to it which i could appreciate right with you on that rosemary's baby like it had that i kind of appreciate those films so like when i was going through them i I said to myself you know this is probably a movie that i'd get down with you know what i mean yep for sure i mean of movies i've actually watched this year i've pretty much named all of them and then there's just so many more to watch that i haven't checked out yet it's like where to start now yeah no i support that i dig it it's one of those dealios you know did you see yummy at all i haven't and it seems like it would be something that i would be interested in watching and the fact that it's on shutter it's easily accessible enough to check out yeah yummy looked like a lot of fun you know what i mean i'd have to deep into it a little bit but it looked like a fun ride. It looked like a fun rollick. 
Yeah, yeah, Love and Monsters is another one that's been talked about that seems like it might be something that is good. Michael Rooker's in it, who is a friend. Oh, the great of, Michael Rooker. Yeah, a friend of this show. Um, oh. Fan of DJ Stan the Man. Yeah. Oh, my. So that could be interesting. Um, there's some movies that ended up being on this list that um, just go by going by the name, you wouldn't think it'd be a horror movie. Uh, Sputnik being one of them. Interesting. Yeah, that one's streaming on Hulu. That uh, that Sputnik one sounded cool too. I don't know if you d- dove into that uh, from Igor Abramenko. Uh, Russian cosmonaut returns home after a mysterious disaster occurs. Seems like he's brought back a little stowaway with him. It's you know a typical story that's been kind of yeah, kind of like alien to death. type movie. But yeah, I love that creature feature deal though. You know, I'm I'm a sucker for creature features. And there's story. not a lot of them, so when one comes around, it's like, oh yeah, we definitely need to watch it just because of the fact that it is a creature feature. Yeah, for shizzle, for show, for show, for show. You know what I mean? And even like I don't, I, I got rid of Hulu because like I don't really watch it, and now it's like Hulu is stepping up their game with their horror movies too. Yeah, the Mortuary Collection uh, is a horror anthology that has had a lot of people talking about it. Um, I started watching it, but didn't end up finish watching it, and that's another one that's supposed to be good. Um, anyone that loves creep show vhs mm-hmm. or you know those types of movies yeah you will like this clancy brown is your like crypt keeper style host while watching oh really so you know there's reasons to watch it if you like any of those things mentioned yeah clancy brown i can't, I can't really time. yeah i can't really give any more information than that because I kind of fell asleep while I was watching this because we started watching it at a bad time at night. Yeah. Well, you know how it goes. You don't want to get too crazy. Clancy Brown will protect you. If you say Clancy Brown's name three times in the dark, he'll come protect you. Gretel and Hansel came out on January 31st of last year. Um, It's really beautiful to look at, but other than that, it's boring as shit um <laughs> yeah i mean i love that story like the hansel and gretel story is one of my favorite stories from childhood i mean i've always wanted to dabble in it myself yeah it's it, this one was like really dark even the way it was shot was very dark as beautiful as it is mm-hmm. it, but it was just it dragged out so badly um the young girl that played beverly marsh in the remake of it is in this she's gretel mm. and like even she couldn't like save this movie. Um, it's from Oz Perkins, who did The Black Coat's Daughter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that for uh, that. You see, one of the reasons why I'm not I don't watch so much horror um, is because I was doing another show where I was just reviewing all this new horror, and I got burnt out on like watching too much bad horror. So yeah, and, and the thing is, is like like I said, I I just happened to watch it yesterday even prior to you know knowing that it was on any of these lists yeah and and i'm like i was at the point where i was about to shut it off just because i was that bored with it and it was over so i was like oh thank you jesus i don't have to shut it off and i made it through yeah uh did you check out peninsula at all i guess it was the sequel to uh train to busan 
I haven't even seen Train to Busan yet. Train to Busan was good times. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've heard mixed reviews on it, and I just haven't had the ambition level to sit and watch it and, you know, decide for myself. But I have to, if I'm going to watch Peninsula, I definitely have to watch Trains to, Train to Busan if that's the case. Um. Yeah, I didn't see the sequel, but you probably you might. It's a zombie movie, so you might not exactly have to see have the first to. one. But yeah, I'd, I'd right. rather just because of the fact that Train to Busan was mentioned, it might as well watch it and get it out of the way. No, I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, did you say you seen Relic or no? I started watching it and I shut it off. Was, was it as boring as it looks? Yes. Okay. Just wondering. I uh, was just wondering, you know. Did the you Dark and the Wicked is one that has been talked about a lot. That's on in theaters, video on demand right now. Um, it came out at the beginning of November. Yeah. And this sounds like something I want to watch. Um, kind of sounds like the synopsis is even almost <laughs> sounds like The Lodge. And yeah. You know, two estranged siblings gather at their parents' isolated home to say goodbye to their father, and there's something more sinister. I like that. It's compared to Relic and Amulet. It's a powerful story of fear of losing your parents, and then it's it says it's starkly personal and undeniably powerful. Interesting. That is very interesting. You know. That Kindred, there was a movie called Kindred that looked interesting. Yeah. I'm still in the air about Antebellum. Antebellum, huh? Well, you know. I like Janelle Monet. I think she's a fantastic singer. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how I feel about her being in like a horror movie type movie. Right. No, I hate you on that. Certain people can do it, certain people can't. You know, when you get a singer, usually they're put in there because not because of a talent and acting, but because that they've acquired so many pop fans that they feel like those pop fans will buy tickets. You know what I mean to the movie? Yep. So like that's what you know. So it could be, it could be somebody that couldn't even remember what their name is, um, starring in a Hollywood film. Yeah, I want to see Possessor Uncut. Um, it's from Brandon Cronenberg. I kind of want to if there's any relationship to uh oh yeah um brandon cronenberg is cronenberg's son okay that's what i was just gonna ask you for that possessor movie whatever it is yeah that was on the list too um i heard people saying that it was good it says it's visually intense and harshly violent yeah but i also know that when you're somebody's son uh critics are very nice to you um but just if because they think the, they could be, if they think you're the future, or if they think that they can meet your dad or something, you know, like I'll know. This isn't me hating. This isn't me hating. This isn't me hating being a filmmaker, but you'll definitely notice that you'll see certain people that have that. You know, they get a little. Maybe they got to meet that. The, they got to meet these. You know, people writing the article somewhere when they were, you know, with their father or through their father or something. But yeah, they usually know them. So it's either a situation where they've met them before or they want to be cool with them and they'll give yeah, them. Yeah, this is his sophomore effort, but I've never seen I, yeah, I watched Antiviral. Antiviral was him, him trying very hard to be his dad. All right. And I'm not trying to hate on the dude. 
Um, and I do want to see the, the Possessor movie or whatever it's called because I have been hearing good things. And Antiviral was his freshman, his first film. I think he did some shorts before it, but um, it was his first film. Um, you know, and it does have a the Cronenberg vibe to it, which he is a Cronenberg, so I guess you know it is what it is. But I thought Antiviral fell short of what it could have been. Um, and a lot of, you know, fair and fair for his father's fans is what I kind of seen him put into the film. But that that's that's that when you're a first, you know, first time filmmaker, you're pulling in a lot of influences, of course, from your own father. So he probably looking for his footing and his wings and such. Yeah, because I know so, like Eli Roth, like even like on an episode of, um, you know, that history of horror, Cronenberg is one of the big names they men- they mentioned, especially when it comes to like the body horror stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so, there, there would be really no body horror without Cronenberg. Yeah, Cronenberg just because of the way he did it. Yeah, Cronenberg and Hennenlauter are the two biggest body horror people that I can really think of, you know. Um, Cronenberg was, uh, had like a second leg to his career when he was doing those like thriller action movies with like um, History of Violence and um, oh, what's the other one? I always forget the name of it. Uh, History of Violence and Viggo Mortensen's in the other one too, Eastern Promises. He did those two neither. movies. Yeah, they're good movies. They're fun movies. You know, Cronenberg's a, it's funny because I remember in an interview with John Carpenter saying he did a, he, him and Cronenberg had a weird issue where like after he did those two movies and he kind of had new, new acclaim and more of a, you know, a modern acclaim. Uh, I remember Carpenter, which I'm sure he wouldn't say now, but I do remember him saying in an interview that that Cronenberg uh, had an ego about him and thought he was the shit when he came back. So like that kind of turned Carpenter off. But um, I can see that. But, you know, they're both super fucking talents. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a fan of both. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll watch this this processor movie. I'll process this fucking processor movie um, in due time. Like I said, I got to still, this is a lot of movies we got to catch up on. I'm not yes. in a rush for it. Because- I mean, considering as many, as many horror movies as I've watched this year, there's still so many more that came out that I didn't even realize were out just because of the fact that they were either, yeah, you know, I, there was no kind of publicity for them. If I was in a bigger rush, I'd be harder on it. Like if I was in a rush to watch it, I'd probably be harder on it. Promising young woman is another one that I've heard a lot of talk about. It's got yeah. um, Jennifer Coolidge and Clancy Brown is in it. It's from Emerald Fennel. Clancy's killing it this year. Um, it's about an angry young woman who tries to course for revenge against the men who wronged her years earlier. It's got that whole, it sounds like it's got that whole, I spit on your grave type yeah. premise to it. So I'm kind of interested in seeing this one. I've heard good things about it. So we shall see. Yeah. There's a, there's a film called the deeper you dig that uh, I wanted to check out uh, directed by John Adams and Toby Poser. Um, it was just another one of those weird um, psychological thriller-ish, uh, make the most of your money type indie films. Uh, so that like caught my radar a little bit. That was a 2020 film. I figured yeah, a lot of a lot of movies really. I think that have been on these lists of horror movies for the year 2020 went under the radar because of the fact that you know there hasn't been any options of really going to theaters to see it. And, you know, a lot of people 
you're, you're stuck at home, you're streaming, you're, you know, most people have been streaming the Mandalorian. So I'm one of them, but I still got my share of, uh, Hara and there's just so many more that sound interesting that I need to jump on the bandwagon and watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the ones that, you know, it's like, I'm going to probably skip this one forever <laughs> and watch it 20 years from now and be like, oh, I remember when this supposedly came out. Yeah, there was a there was a movie called Spontaneous that seemed interesting about like uh, high school students that just, I guess, spont- spontaneously combusted for no reason. Uh, yeah, that could be I, fun. I think it has the vibe of like almost like a like a like a battle royale sarish type vibe ideal. I haven't seen it, but uh it, it was dark comedy too. So, uh, did you say, did you say that you've seen that amulet movie? Because I remember seeing the poster for I, it everywhere. I've seen the poster for it everywhere. Um, it keeps popping up every time. It's like it's it's telling me to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's getting the push. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like every time I go to one of my streaming sites, it's it it'll pop up on there, and then I'm like because of the streaming sites that they're on probably I, you know, because it's supposedly a movie that's still in theater or whatever, or video on demand. Yeah. You know, I've seen it coming across everything and it's like, I, every time I'm thinking of trying to find something to watch, it pops up. Like, it's like telling me you need to watch this, but I'm afraid of being disappointed. Well, I know it's one of those deals. But you gotta just step out into the cold. Yeah. The cold. Uh, again, though, it's one of those movies too where yeah. if I'm not in the right state of mind or mood to watch it. No, I, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's usually why. Like, if I'm not in the right mood to watch a movie, like the first time I watched Crawl, that, yeah. I think that's you know I wasn't with it because like I have a bad habit of watching a lot of these movies after working like a twelve hour shift and you know, come home to unwind to it and either fall asleep or, you know, start doing other things while I'm watching it. So I lose interest quickly. Yeah. But like the list has been great other than that. Did you check did you see the Wolf of Snow Hollow at all? No, I've heard of it. Um I've seen seen it coming across I've seen that like for like video on demand or something. Yeah, people have been talking about that. I want to check it out. They've been talking. You know, I've saying heard it was good, good things about it, yeah. But like I said, again, like I, I have issues with watching things when it has a certain, when, you know, based just on off of other people's opinions of it. Yeah. And did you, um, you see the movie Swallow? Not I the one not. that I talk. <laughs> but the, the other one. No, I have not. That I, I didn't either, but I mean, it sounded very fun. I like those weird, quirky, obscure, wild, you know, nonsensical out there. Yeah, out there shit, and that's what this was. I guess it's just about a about a fucking lady, a housewife that starts just swallowing things in her house, which is weird. You know, I like. It sounds that like picture. it just sounds. It kind of sounds like a bad episode. There used to be this show on TLC. Yeah. Where, um people had like these weird ass habits that and like there was like a lady that ate was eating her dead husband's ashes or that's actually like something you have to do certain religions believe oh no she wasn't like this wasn't part of her religion she was just a weird and like it was just something that 
she was doing on her own. No one was making her do it. She just had this idea one day to, to feel closer to her husband. Every day she would eat a teaspoon of his ashes. Oh, what do you do when you run out? That's what her problem was. She didn't know if she wanted to start getting other ashes of other things wow. and start eating them. Or, you know, like there was, there was another lady on this show that ate mattresses. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? People got issues in 2020. For, well, this wasn't even just 2020. This show was on years ago. Yeah. But like TLC was at that point really good for like crazy ass shows. Like I think it was like weird upset people's weird. It was something about some weird obsessions. I know that back in the day, they if you if you were if you had a loved one that was suspected to have been bitten if bitten by a va- like this is the deal. If you had a loved one that was sick, um, uh, was dying of consumption, which was you know they would um. Yeah, but still, you don't come back as a vampire. Yeah, you would have to. You would have to go and dig up uh, um, re- uh, recently deceased family members and burn them. Burn their body and then mix their ashes with like a with water and then have the sick person drink their ashes. Yeah, that, that was, I think that was part of like the the Mercy Brown um, story. It's part know, of like the, the Alex first Hawks vampire story. out of Rhode Island type of deal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It is. I think it was, which is funny because I actually wanted to talk to you about that off air. <laughs> I, th- I forgot that I was going to mention. Yeah, I had an idea for you about something like that, but um, yeah. Uh, I also uh, did you check out his house? The movie called no. His House. Uh, Sudanese. Like I said, ref- there's a lot of movies on a lot of these lists that I've never heard of because they didn't get the promotion that they needed to make them stick out from the ones that are constantly being thrown in your face to watch. Yeah. Well, and, was, those, and those are going to be the, and the, these ones that weren't promoted, it'll be the ones that you're like, wow, if this had just had that push, yeah, it would have been so much better for the movie. Yeah. Did you, did you see that movie, the platform? I know Alex was telling me that was good. No, I haven't seen that yet. And that's one I actually do have on my list of movies to watch just because it looked interesting. He was swearing up and down by that movie. Yeah, I know The Invisible Man you've seen. You liked it. I have right? it. And I actually, yeah, that's another one that I that came in my bundle from the movies from the that I won from the 508 for their seven days of Hacksmith contest. Oh, really? That was cool. Yeah. That was actually a pretty dope movie. I was impressed. Um, I went into it having low expectations and it actually was pretty decent. I like how they modernized the story. Yeah. I think Lee Wannell did a good project. Good, a good, good, a good deal with it. I think he's, he's from like the saw. He worked on some of the Saw films or The Conjuring. He's a James. He's connected to James Wan, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and the girl that has the lead in that, she was in Us. Okay. From Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was actually in Girl Interrupted when that came out. I believe she was Polly. She used to be Drew Barrymore's stand-in. Really? No. You, looks like no? it. She looks like <laughs> it. That would be the deal. I was going to say, everybody like, starts, I know that. Everybody starts somewhere. There ain't no shame in the game. Right. I know people that have stood in for for cool people. You know, I know people that have gone gone further than that. I know people that have uh, fallen off the off the tracks from that position. You know, yeah, they would love to have that position back. You know, but. maybe that but they're they like their body double in the nude scenes because the person that's cast in that part doesn't do nudity type thing. Well, 
I don't have to do body. <laughs> I don't have to do body double work anymore since Ron Jeremy went to prison. <laughs> I used to have to do his, all his body double work, but he couldn't perform. <laughs> um, so you know, in Colorado space. You know, that was the, the last one on my list, which we talked about before, of course, which was you know a great film. Um, you got anything else on your list for things from? No, that's actually. That's it from 2020, pretty much. Well, dang, she it. Well, hey, folks, we're glad to be back on another season and another year of shock treatment. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, keep, keep on listening. we got a lot of big things coming up this year. A lot of big things for coming for you. Cool stuff planned this year. We're trying to hit this year harder than last year. Um, you'll be seeing more episodes of Shock Treatment TV this year on the Boombastic Media YouTube page. Um, a lot of check cool out guests. our Facebook page. You got to remember too. We got to have them check out our Facebook page to get that link to get your Shock Treatment T-shirts. Yeah, we got right now. Go check out the Shock Treatment tees. Um, well, by the time this episode comes comes out, it might there might be the run well, might I don't be know if over be up anymore, but. If you can go back in time, we're going to go grab one of those teas. There'll be more teas in the future. You should have been a fan beforehand, I guess, if you want to. Yeah, because these are going to be a limited edition. Yeah, yeah. One time print. You know, uh, we're booking guests as we speak. I think all, we already have more guests booked for this coming year than we had guests on the show last year. So that's yeah. a plus. Um, I, I think we're already literally, we've got like the first three months of this year already booked up yeah for episodes and uh we're peppering we're peppering and sprinkling uh in some real some really cool guests that we popped in and we're dropping uh, hints throughout those upcoming things yeah and um, we're gonna keep it with our form we're not gonna ever announce who our guests are you have to be there bright and early in the morning to find out who's who on what's what but we can promise you a lot of cool segments, a lot of cool guests, a lot of cool everything is coming with the show and the television show of Shock Treatment this year. And with that, we wish everybody a happy new year. We, we you know, welcome to 2021. It will catch y'all on the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and I.